0: Well, good evening, everybody. You're listening to the Drunken UX Podcast. I am your suave debonair and highly bearded host, Michael (laughs) Finan. I'm your less bearded. Host Aaron Hill. <laughs> yeah, you should really work on that. I would, uh, I, it's
1: not possible. I not, don't have, not possible? All the genes I have for growing a beard went to you instead.
0: I don't know oh. why. It's the cosmic balance. <laughs> all, all I can say is thank you from this end. Uh, I want to give a they shout out it. to our sponsors for this episode at NewCloud. If you check them out at newcloud.com slash UX. They're an interactive campus mapping platform if, or, or any kind of uh, location. I don't know, malls, hospitals, cities, Great whatever difference. you happen to do. Uh, <laughs> interactive maps work all over the place. So be sure to <laughs> run by and check them out, uh, newcloud.com. Uh, what else? Uh, they can find us other places. Tell us about that, Aaron. You can do uh, Twitter or
1: Facebook.com slash UX, And you can also check us out on the Slacks at the DrunkenUX.com slash come. Slack.
0: Slack slash Slack.
1: Flash slack. I can say it now.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm glad we say that early in the show because (laughs) later that would be less easy. Um, Speaking of being... uh, Not being easy, that's a terrible way to get into this conversation. Um, I am working on some Angry Orchard this evening. I've mentioned I I enjoy cider. This is Angry Orchard, Orchard's Edge, the old-fashioned. So I'm drinking it out of my uh, Bubba Gump, shrimp company glass uh, Oh, nice i i got it at a conference i don't remember if it was uh a dot cms or, or omni update some some company was having a conference um it's surprisingly good i don't know what i expected but uh it's uh it's interesting it's aged on cherries orange peel and bourbon barrels so it's like a, it's a cider but it's uh it's very mellow for... Like a cider, you know, is usually kind of crisp. You know, you get that apple crispiness. But this doesn't have that, so... Nice. Yeah, I like it. Cool. I've got a
1: got a Cape Cod tonight. Um Interesting tidbit that I picked up from when I surf tables. The difference between a vodka and cranberry juice and a Cape Cod is whether or not you put lime in it.
0: It's the only difference. Oh, I was afraid you had fish in it. No, no, no fish. <laughs> that would be a <laughs> terrible drink. <laughs> well... This is a special week for us. We do have a guest joining us this evening on microphone number three for a change. We have Elena Wines. She is a former content strategist and social media specialist from the University of Michigan Flint. Uh, Not now, but in, in a past life. Uh, she is host of the Strategy Car podcast and also director of marketing for the Flint Chamber of Commerce, which I'm told is not actually the correct uh, deal, but I was told what it was, and I was not going to try to repronounce that. So uh, <laughs> I'll let Elena; you can tell us uh, what you actually do.
2: <laughs> That's close. Um, I am the director of marketing at the Flint and Genesee Chamber of Commerce, which also houses the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Economic development arm for the region and youth programming for the county.
0: Nice, that's that's way more than what I thought. <laughs> super it's it's a
2: lot of stuff. It's it, well, I don't know about prestige, but like remember that thing in higher ed where you had like seven thousand audiences and one website? Oh, okay. oh yeah. Same.
0: Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I'll I'll take that. And pretty long time. <laughs> You are joining us on, on the drink uh, side as well. Uh, let all the, the fun folks on the other side of our uh, speakers know what you're having this evening.
2: Yeah, so maybe this is filed under, like, of course, but um, I've got here from my favorite winery in Michigan called Two Lads. It's a Cab Franc Rosé, and according to the little piece of paper that came with the box in my wine club shipment this week when it arrived at my door, it's got notes of strawberry and rhubarb. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Rhubarb. You betcha. That's,
0: that's an interesting inclusion. I think it's, you win for the fanciest drink we've had on the show right. so far.
2: This is like maybe the yuppiest drink also. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm Rose. sort of like a, a genre of a person over here with my...
1: Is is the wine club like one high? of those like bundle things where you, you like subscribe and then you get like a oh, box Oh, friend.
2: Oh. So listen, you go up north and you there's like two peninsulas at the top of Michigan. And if you wanted to make... You could spend as much time as you wanted, but there's... Yeah easily like i'm gonna just ballpark 50 to 100 different steps you can make at wineries and you mm-hmm. taste all over and every time you go in they're like join the club we'll mail bottles to your house and you're like okay <laughs> and then they arrive and it's like it's like santa brought you presents that you paid for we have it's, it's a good time
1: we have a million wineries here in the finger lakes um i don't know if they do the club thing though i'll have to find out about that
2: I'll i'll bet they do it's probably um Basically, you're just getting shipped wine. You pay for it, but it comes at like regular intervals and you get to try new stuff and drink it with your friends on the internet.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Fun fact, Kansas actually does have wineries. Most people don't realize that we are capable of growing grapes, but we actually do have a, not a lot of them, but there are a handful and they are fairly popular amongst the people who drink wine.
1: Interesting. And they guys had enough humidity for that.
0: Yeah, I don't ask me. I am not a – well, what do you call that? A, a grape farmer? Is there a name for that? Orchard? Orchardist? A grape orchard? Vapor. <laughs> ladies um, and gentlemen, you, now you know why we build websites.
2: <laughs> you could go be a sommelier.
0: Oh, sommelier. Yeah, there's a good word.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah. Rosé, sommelier. It. But there's wine involved.
0: I know there's an R in there, mm-hmm. and you don't pronounce it. Uh, yeah. What's uh, mm-hmm. what's the old phrase? I speak exactly two languages, English and bad English. That's, uh, <laughs> isn't that a die-hard quote, I think? <laughs> so I want to talk about a, a bit of frustration that I had to get things started today before we get into uh, the the real topic. I am uh, a Phenon. I'm an F. So when the time comes to register our cars every year, um, our tags come up in May. So I was jumping on the Kansas uh, State website and was going to renew that. Now, I've had trouble with this the past couple of years because while my registration renewals would get mailed to me at my new address, and I say new, I've lived here for five years, um, <laughs> they would mail my stickers to my old house where I would never get them for really? obvious- What? Why? So I went up, the the first time it happened, I figured, oh, it's a mistake. The second time it happened, I went up there and I'm like, something's something's broken <laughs> you guys have got something wrong now i'm saying this notice i said I li- i've lived here for five years years one through three this wasn't a problem right the last two years just didn't work right um huh. and they they told me oh you we still had your old address in a different part of our system oh Whatever that means and why that didn't affect me the, at first. I don't, oh, no, I do remember why. The order in which I put them in the envelope. <laughs> I'm I'm not joking because one of the vehicles, of course, they weren't bought at the same time. So one of the vehicles got its stuff updated. The other one didn't. So depending on what the person pulled out first and oh. typed into their computer determined the address both of them got because they put them together. So it oh, determined okay. what address yeah super screwy anyway i go into the 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 site this time thinking okay everything is done and set new system uh the website is completely changed and this is a state you know computer type system it was never fancy you would go in and fill out some forms and and, you know you punch in you get this paper with a pin number type it in and, and pay your stuff and go not beautiful but it worked um, Outside of the address thing, which technically was not that particular system's fault. That is not what I was greeted with. And if you follow me on Twitter, uh, you probably saw a several tweet-long rant, um, which I'll make sure to link uh, in our show notes you <laughs> lot to go and see. Not just you the rant, but the screenshots that went along with it. Did you um, thread it? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did thread it. I was Excellent. I was self-aware this time and, and used Twitter threads. <laughs> Our Department of Motor Vehicles has contracted with a company that I'm not going to call out on the show, but they do a chat bot. (laughs) And so when you land on a website, the first thing you're greeted with, it looks like one of those like customer service little corner things that you would click on that would pop up and it would say, hey, I'm the DMV bot. I'm here to help you with your car registration. Here's some information. How would you like to look up your vehicle registration?
1: Oh, so it's over text then. Like it's,
0: text it, type I aming kind of thing? Yeah, it, it looks it's like a chat. It's like one of those little <laughs> customer service chats. Needless to say, I was off put. <laughs> um, is it
1: is it self-aware? Like can you ask it questions that are not related to DMV stuff?
0: Oh, trust me, I tried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I of course had to kind of push the envelope with this the minute I saw it because the first thing they're they're doing is it it acted like a person like the the words that were typed into it the way at one point it said marvelous to me uh, it was like I, I said something about yes that's right it was like marvelous let me go look the rest of this up and I'm like don't know why a computer would say marvelous to me uh, the system. I get it from the companies in the people who built. Because this is not a Kansas built thing. Mm. This is something that was sold to them, and I get it. You can sell anything to the government if it's pretty and looks nice. You know, if it's if it's something that you can wrap. I don't know if those are requirements. <laughs> I but think if it's well documented, <laughs> it's it's easy to you know when when you're dealing with a bureaucrat. I mean, that's really what we're talking about, right? Is anytime you can show a bureaucrat something that looks a whole lot better than what they have and like i said their old system was not sexy but it was easy and it worked you went in form field what's your pin number yeah. here's my pin number okay is this your registration yes accept and you're done type in your payment and, and move on this didn't work that way and the fact that it was trying to act like it was a person so you asked can you could you ask it other things yeah i tried i was like yeah one of, I think, the, the things I sent it was, they asked me, is this your registration? And I said, yes, but I have more questions I need to ask. And yeah. it came back with, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, but here, okay. I'm going to progress you anyway. Uh huh.
1: So, at, I, at, so I, don't, I don't like interfaces like that because that's like the, um, uh, uh, what Norman called it, the, uh, it's like the tyranny of the black screen. That's what he used to call command line interfaces. You, you don't know what your options are with that
0: yeah now they do offer options there were little like like the, the quick text kind of, or what are the, oh, okay. the predictive text there were some options at the bottom to try to encourage you to pick the right thing <laughs> to not curse at it but, <laughs> but what if i did genuinely have a question there mm-hmm. um there wasn't a way for me in that interface to it's not like on a phone where you could be like operator you know or mm-hmm. hit the zero key a million times and get <laughs> into something didn't do that there. And on two different occasions during that transaction, I said things that caused an error, like it said hmm. I don't know what you mean and yet it advanced me. Oh. It didn't keep me where I was to figure out what I meant. And one of those two times I genuinely was confused because I didn't expect it to do that. And so, so I wasn't sure like if it had processed my stuff right.
1: It's kind of like an interactive search tool. For browsing a website sort of
0: i mean no it's it's a chat bot yeah. <laughs> it's that's what it is um, in terms of like
1: what purpose it serves like in the ux like it it's facilitating you to move through their they, workflow
0: they think that making that experience feel more human is more comfortable for people who aren't comfortable using computers i think because this tool I I looked into the tool itself and the company that sells it and they are marketing it for way more than this they're marketing yeah. it to water municipalities for you know huh. dealing with water bills um uh, their uh uh trash pickup things like this like the system is basically designed to give you know take in answers and give responses there's probably some kind of API endpoint there like it we would look up my registration and then show me a panel right. that says is this your registration with my custom information there so clearly there's some kind of api that it can pull in mm-hmm. but it isn't actually capable of any kind of natural language processing um, yeah and that's what i expected actually i thought it was clearly parsing out like yeses and nos and yeah. and determining what it needed to do but when i gave it a more complex yes it had no idea what to do with it so <laughs> it clearly doing any real natural language processing there. Um, at, at the end of it, uh, the, the important takeaway of this is it. I, I finished my transaction, I did get my registrations done. I had two cars, got them taken care of, got them paid. Um, I did not enjoy the experience. Even as somebody who knew what was going on and, and figured it out, I still didn't enjoy it. Um, and more importantly, I still don't know entirely if my stuff is gonna come to this address or not. <laughs> At at no point did it confirm my shipping address. He <laughs> just said, okay, thanks. Your stuff will be in the mail within 10 business days. And it was done. <laughs> so we'll throw some links into uh, the show notes on this. Go, go check them out. Let us know what you think about chatbots, especially as a yeah. customer service tool. But more importantly, as, you know, programmatic chat bots in use as like a government assistance kind of thing
1: so related to that um i don't know have you ever used android auto before yes so i i I have android auto like i have a pixel 2 and um i like my car has the the hookup with the usb and all that and uh i i was trying to play an album through google music and I, like you know you, the browsing options are very limited because they trying to force you to drive safely which whatever kudos to them i guess but i was like i really want to hear this one artist and so i just said like i hit the, the microphone button and then i just said like um play the album you know four by led zeppelin it just i didn't know that i could do that
0: but i just tried it and it worked and it was amazing yeah. i actually um, have an android head unit in my vehicle like a custom Oh really? Wow. Yeah, I I love it. It's well worth the money. So wait, I'm sorry. That, I
2: need I need to interject. I'm right. real sorry. You have a what?
0: And it's a it's a car stereo. It's, it's the head unit in the car, but it's Android powered. So I basically have Android right in my in my dashboard. Um, you said
2: you said head. unit?
0: Oh, and I pictured
2: like some sort of helmet <laughs> that, that you wear while driving. It allows oh,
0: you to command. Google I don't know. Now I want. I don't that. know.
2: Like car drive, car play me music. I don't know. I mean, no, it's, it's you a guys know how to do all head. kinds of things. I'm like, clearly, I'm missing the boat on something. Car yeah. change
0: my registration. It's a mannequin head that you mount on the dashboard that talks to you while you're on a long car ride. <laughs> Literally, ad unit.
2: You make this happen. We'll do an episode of Strategy Car on it. So,
1: <laughs> so but, did you did you hear about the Google Duplex thing? This is just related to that. It's the only a reason to bring it up. It's I, I've heard about it, but I haven't read deeply into it yet. I, I I've only read several tweets and like scanned a couple articles because I just found out about it today. But um, it's basically like the thing that you interacted with with the B M V, but with voice. And it's not the companies talking to you; it's something that you use to talk to companies. Um, and it uses like Google's uh, basically the same engine that powers Translate, I think. So, like, you can have it make appointments for you and stuff, and it'll call people and then talk on your behalf. And I, I don't know. I haven't used it yet. I Just check it out Google Duplex. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings about this. It's kind of weird. This I'm sounds listening like one to of the... you guys
2: talking. It sounds like these are just different variations of bad relationships. <laughs> 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 the Google. Oh, my God. I'll handle Google. all your business for you. You don't need anybody else.
0: Yeah, Google, Uh, I don't think I need to see her again. So could you just <laughs> take care of that?
1: Okay, Google, break up. Okay, Google, break
0: up. <laughs> well, God,
2: like even the DMV thing. It was just trying to please you.
1: Wait, wait. Hold, just a chat
2: standing in front of, of Phenon, asking you to
1: you love it. You can literally have your Google duplex call someone else's Google duplex.
0: <laughs> hey, Google. Break up with my girlfriend. Sorry. I'm
1: not sure how to help. Oh, she doesn't know how to help. Okay. Maybe I, I, had to, Elaine, I had to
0: try. Maybe she can do it. She just really doesn't know how to help. Well, I I technically don't have a girlfriend. I am married. Well, so maybe know. maybe she knows that <laughs> I have no girlfriend to break up with. So okay. So Elena chimes in. I guess that means we have to start the real conversation, yeah, right? Sorry. Sorry. So Elena Oh, is, I'm the
2: real part? That's,
0: you're sorry. you're the real part. Um <laughs> you are the host of the strategy car podcast let's start off with that now this is a new thing just like we are a new thing in fact i think we actually started the exact same time uh right at the start of the year didn't we
2: i think it was around the same time when was your official launch
0: what january 6th i think
2: was our first episode yeah i think so around the same i i had a little bit more of a lag you guys have been like super efficient
1: Okay, okay, but, like... I'm,
2: like, in real learning curve <laughs> mode
1: stuff. So, I've seen this strategy car, like, you know, hashtags on Twitter. Can you, like... Is this, like, karaoke plane?
2: Yes and no. But, I mean, you can make anything like karaoke <laughs> plane if you want to.
1: Well, like, is... Just, like, really quick side thing. Is karaoke plane done on a plane?
0: No! Or, okay.
2: I mean, I guess it could be. Karaoke... Didn't you already have Jeff Stevens on your show?
0: No, no. no, We had, uh, uh, Jeff Chandler.
2: Yeah. Oh, wrong. Jeff, this whole time I've been like, great. Jeff Stevens, you guys really should talk to Jeff Stevens.
0: Yeah. Now that you say that I'm like, oh, we'll make that happen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, um, this is, I'm going to not include all of the important information, but karaoke plane is a hashtag that started at one conference or another when Everybody at the conference like goes and does karaoke.
1: Okay. So there's not Together. actually a plane involved?
2: Not like, I think the plane is in your heart.
1: Okay. But with strategy cars, um, there is but no, actually it's a not car a... involved?
2: No, the, the the car's in your heart too. This has become
1: <laughs> okay. a really bad so it is. So it is like a karaoke plane.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. In that yeah. way. Okay. And sometimes Jeff Stevens jumps into the strategy car.
0: Wow. Or, so what, what's uh, what's the, the late <laughs> oh, night wow. guy? He does like the, the car karaoke, right? Ooh. So it's. Oh, yeah, or uh, yeah.
2: James
0: Corden, person. I think. How, how far can we push this metaphor? <laughs> do
2: you want well, me to, like, just tell you what it is? How, you... Oh, yeah,
0: please, please, yeah. yeah how, how mean, about... I, this Ranger is guess. really
2: fun, though. I mean, we can do this for a while.
0: How about you tell us exactly how and why Strategy Car started and what what that engine was? I didn't did even you, mean did to make that, that joke. It. But
2: see, it just, <laughs> it it's just happened. It's the gift I give to you. You're welcome.
0: Did it start um, was the yeah. first time so, in
2: car? Yeah, yes.
0: Okay,
1: okay, all right, I'm yes. with you. Okay.
2: Um, okay. I'm gonna tell you a story. We're gonna go way back. You ready? Okay, yeah. It was like 2013, 14. All right, and um I was carpooling to a conference at Penn State, okay. Penn State Web as it was called then, with Nick Denardis. Okay and my own plout And we oh, were nice. off we went. We were in a car. I drove, we we got there. We' are driving back they they made me sit in the back seat.
1: Aww. and
2: um we, we were just having these really good conversations about I mean we're, we all worked in web and social and content and all of these things, so we are talking about all that stuff, but we're talking about you know the world in general. And I was sitting in the back seat and I was bored, so I was tweeting as you do. And I was kind of live tweeting our conversation until I started getting car sick, and I think it was um, you guys know Ron Bronson, probably. And passing yeah. on the internet maybe ron um bronson. for those of you who don't know there's a guy named ron bronson who's on the internet often and um he replied to one of the tweets and said haha strategy car or something to that effect uh, and hashtag. nice and i immediately was like you guys were in this car we've been in this car for like eight hours now probably and i'm like wouldn't it be great if we just like got a car and we drove around the world and we just like picked up really smart web people and we just asked them lots of questions." It'd be like so a thing that Seinfeld does, but like with me in the people. car
1: getting coffee.
2: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Awesome. Except okay, for we're like, you know, now. We,
2: we can't actually do that because, you know, money and time and
1: mm-hmm.
2: we're not Jerry Seinfeld. But um, <laughs> so back then it was like 2013, 14, and I was still in higher ed and, and we made it a hashtag. So for several years, it was a weekly Twitter chat on Fridays at three mm-hmm. o'clock. And the topics were things like crisis communication in higher ed. And we would talk mm-hmm. to folks who had just gone through something or it was, how do you handle live streaming your commencement or whatever it was that had come up in conversation that week.
1: Um, these are these are on Twitter all with the hashtag strategy card, right? So you can still yes. go and search Twitter's archives for them.
2: If you can go back that far. I okay. At one point, had cataloged all of them on Storify before Storify decided oh, right. not to be a thing anymore. I haven't really harvested them okay. since then, but... I left Ooh. higher ed in about 2000. I should know this year off the top of my head. Okay, so I'll be in this job for three years in July. What year did I leave higher ed? Uh,
0: 2017.
2: No, that wasn't three years. Ago. I, I'm,
0: just, I'm just guessing. I, I don't know. 2012. You okay. guys 15. 15. 15. are
2: really bad at this. <laughs> I'm drinking. <laughs> okay, so in about 2015... I loved higher ed and um, really, really missed the conversation in the community, but it was harder for me to tap into that higher ed space because I wasn't living it every day. And it had been so much a higher ed conversation and driven by higher ed that I had some people like chime in and run some, some chats here and there, but it was just hard to manage over time because it was not in my purview day to day. So some time passed. I promise you I'm going to be the point. So time passes, and I just, I really, really missed, still, there's just a a certain kind of community you get from that space. I don't know, there's something about that space that has really like built this camaraderie over time. I mean, I think something about working in higher ed at that time, I don't know what it was, but still, even to this day, I haven't found a community that gives me the same kind of inspiration and, and I guess, jumpstart that those folks do. And so I was trying to find a way to not just recreate that space outside of higher ed, mm. but really connect voices across sectors because I think that, you know, regardless of what industry you work in, we all have a lot to learn from each other. And certainly um, so that, you know, put that to the side for a second. And then you mentioned at the beginning that I work the Flint chamber of commerce. I'm, I'm in downtown Flint, Michigan every day. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple years ago we went through the water crisis, which was in the news a whole lot. If you guys Want to talk about more about that offline? We can certainly do that, right. but I'm sure. Right.
0: Went through it. My understanding is still going. Yeah. I... Yeah.
2: I guess the time frame around when I started thinking about how to connect some of these dots aligns with that in an important way, because I started looking around me in Flint and thinking there are so many people in this community who have services and information and really important things to offer this community that needs it. And I wonder if they're able to connect with those people in the best way. I wonder if they're getting that information out there and those resources out there in a way that people can access them. And I started wondering a lot about, you know, our updates about whatever status of, you know, X, Y and Z are those things being put on places that people can access them on mobile and are okay. all of these things. I, and the more I got into that and the more I learned about the nonprofit community where I was just by the nature of the work that I do, it was it became really important to me to try to find a way to help the nonprofits and the service providers in my community understand how if they are able to put the content and the resources out there in a the way that people can access them, then they're gonna be able to better serve those populations. Mm-hmm. So at that time strategy car started to feel really big because to me it became this symbol of like Getting everybody in line, moving in one direction. There's mm-hmm. your your automobile, I guess, but like moving towards something in a, a strategic way to help you accomplish something. But it just felt really, really big, and I didn't know where to start because it was it was too much. It, it is all so much, you know. If when you listen to the podcast, we'll say it's the you know road trip on the way to a better web, but a better web is like a million things, right? Yeah. So when yeah. I started doing because that's what I do is I ask a million people a lot of questions and the conversations that I started having became what the podcast is. That is the longest answer in the history of time. But, um, But, you know, I, I want to do all of the things, but I've got to focus. And these people that I'm talking to are helping me focus on the individual pieces that we can all do to contribute in the big and the small ways that are going to help us get toward that web that does the things it's supposed to do.
0: And we'll talk a little bit in the second half about, some of those facets of web strategy. But I, I think to your point about, you know, that that community that you found in higher ed early on and, you know, how sort of energizing that that pool of people were, I think it's important for folks to know that, you know, when, when you work at a university in, you know, any web capacity for the most part, you know, those are very small teams. Those are individuals in most cases, or, you know, maybe two or three people at, at most. That are trying to do very, very large things, mm-hmm. and so you know, I, I think it's I'm not necess- I'm not overstating uh, it when you look at something like what you what Elena was trying to do with Strategy Car to give these individual people a place to come together and sort of have a bigger virtual team. Is that mm-hmm. a is that a fair kind of assessment of uh, what you were going with uh, with, uh, with driving those conversations?
2: Yeah. Did you say driving on purpose?
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm not. I am that already three of these into my my drinking <laughs> tonight. I'm not making any puns intentionally. No, if I do, in I will celebrate built it.
2: In, and that's the best part. No, that was that was absolutely what it was supposed to be. And, you know, that whole idea of getting somewhere together. Mm-hmm. It's really combating that feeling of that you're doing something on your own and that you don't know where to ask for help and you don't know where to ask the questions. and. I say all the time that in the time that I was coming up in higher ed web, I learned how to do my job from that community of people who had started trying to figure it out before I did. Mm-hmm. If I right. hadn't had that, I don't, I don't know if I would be working on the same things that I'm working on today. And I want other people to have that same space.
1: The whole and cohort it, is definitely very helpful. Like yeah, it's, kind of a like cross pollination.
0: Coincidental, if our listeners have been keeping score, either that. My career started in higher ed. Aaron's mm-hmm. career started in higher ed. Elena started in higher ed. Um, our next guest that we'll be having on in a couple of weeks, he's also got a higher ed background. So uh, this isn't necessarily intentional, but it also isn't coincidental that it is a really good place. And Aaron and I have spent uh, you know two episodes recently mm-hmm. talking about You know, how you learn to get into this career and and what it's like, you know, uh, starting out learning stuff as somebody young looking at web development. And the fact that people start in that field and occasionally, you know, matriculate, while I can still use big words, uh, (laughs) matriculate outward to these larger organizations, that's not necessarily accidental um, Mm. because higher ed always needs good people and the folks that are there and are passionate about it. I mean, that's exactly the thing: is they're passionate about it. They're there not because they want to make a million dollars; they're there because they believe in the mission. Um, yeah. And so, those can be the best people in the world to learn about with this stuff because they want to teach people. They want to take that understanding and get it out to other people. So, whether it's you know the stuff we're talking about here or what Elena's doing with Strategy Car, uh, there is and and it I the the point I'm I'm driving at here is. I have no numbers to back this up, but I'm gonna say it and let somebody else correct me. That most people who work in web development are not working at large companies with huge teams. Most of them are individuals or working with a very, very small team. And so learning I think you're these probably correct. Yeah, I, I think I'm yeah. absolutely right on that. You know, half the nation lives between the coasts and right. half the population is a lot of people working at these smaller places um and knowing how to reach out and and figuring out um you know where to pull those strengths from can be in, incredibly empowering when you find you know those channels and that's i think exactly why i think it's important to promote something like what strategy car is doing because here is a resource it costs you nothing it's a great way to learn about different facets of your job that you may not be thinking about because you are the one person so your focus is on constantly getting your e-commerce stuff out the door, Mm -hmm. but you're not taking the time to think about how to present, you know, any particular point of that, or, you know, uh, I had a conversation earlier this evening, actually uh, on a, a a board that I'm on about marketing downtown aspects and how we can use Instagram for that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's something that's a little outside my wheelhouse. I literally just signed up for Instagram two days ago. (laughs) So, Oh, you you missed out on, you missed out on the glory
1: years before Instagram became algorithm ranked when it was all chronological. Oh, that was was so much better.
2: (laughs) I want to, if I can, I want to go back a little bit to coming up in that higher ed space and how it kind of, I don't know, fosters this conviction to, I don't know, you get better at what you want to do because of the greater mission, right? Like you really want to make a difference and you want to do it right. And you, you care about what you're doing. And I think a lot of times those positions attract people who do care so much. I mean, you don't always have the resources that you need. You don't always have the teams built ideally to do what you need to do. But one of the things that comes out of that is that you get really creative and you start working with the people alongside you that maybe don't have the same scope as you but you learn so much about how those pieces of the puzzle connect to get the job done better. Um, That's something I really want to try to help other people see outside of higher ed and outside of, you know, even just a strategy card, Twitter chat or whatever. I want, I want people to see that when they look outside of their exact purview and start thinking about that greater drive for what we can accomplish. If we're working together to accomplish something better, what we can do and what, we're going to be able to help other people do by providing them the tools that they need to get what they need.
0: It When I stop and, and think about that, you know, strategy, when we, when we use this, the phrase web strategy, and I, I have an interesting stat about that for later. Um, when we think about web strategy as just a thing, you know, that's very much about the why, um, you know, why do we do something and, and what, you know, what do we want to accomplish? But it's not about the how strategy is not necessarily about the individual tactical points and i think that's why it translates really well between people you know when we're talking about okay we need to grow such and such you know program or sell more of product x or get more people to engage with you know this conversation Figuring out the process we use to get there is very much an internal thing. And we can listen to what other people have done, but those things don't always translate well. We don't have the same marketing budgets or resources or people or designers or whatever, but we can use the general roadmap to figure out how we make those decisions. And that's what I think really good strategy is about. And so when you can get into a conversation, even if it's one other person, if it's a ton of other people, even better. You get all of these different perspectives that help you figure out what that painting kind of looks like. And then you can go choose your own paint. You can pick your own colors, but you understand that process to make those decisions. Um, And that's, to me, what web strategy is in a general sense is really about, I think, and why I think it has translated well from that environment.
1: One thing that I've found really useful with the higher ed community that the three of us were part of that whole cohort was um you know there's always this there's always new shiny things coming out and it's really nice to have a pool of people where it's likely that at least a few of them have had experience with the new shiny stuff and can say like this one's good this one's not this one can be good if you use it in this way which may or may not apply to your situation etc and having that um the larger pool of experience that you can draw from helps you make better decisions about what you're doing today, which is like critical when you're working with a really small team because then you're I, making fewer mistakes.
0: I've, I think I've mentioned before, I used to write for a blog called dot edu guru where we talked about web marketing and, and content strategy and stuff for higher ed. And one of the sort of pieces of advice that I put out there that I still stand by to this day um, dealt with a, a piece of, and this is where we'll get into like the breakdown of web strategy, but it dealt specifically with social media. And we had a lot of people within that group of folks that were asking about how they could leverage Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Now I have a snap. I had a Snapchat account before I had an Instagram account, I guess. <laughs> but what
1: makes you cooler or not?
0: <laughs> one, of the, one of the articles I put out, and I think I still have that article and I'll link it if I, uh, if I do. Um, Was I told people, you know, from a strategic standpoint, as part of your social media strategy, stay away from Snapchat. If you, because at this point too, especially, you know, folks were still figuring out Facebook. They were still figuring out YouTube, Twitter, you know, the people were still trying to understand how to be good at those things and how to drive results with them. And then Snapchat came out and everybody lost their shit because they're like, (laughs) the kids. The kids are on it, and I get it. I understand that's important, but you can't use what you have. So why yeah. do you want to throw another tool into that toolbox? That, that is not strategic thinking on that kind of stuff.
1: I, um, I think it's better to do fewer things well than do a bunch of things crappy.
0: My my favorite phrase, and I'm gonna get this printed on a on a shirt someday, is I know Do what you're gonna less, say. Better. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, I I, I said
2: that to people in my office yesterday and I actually quoted you and they were like, Who? And I'm like, yeah. it's Feenan. So, <laughs> I I doubt better. that you actually
0: said no, that was from Fienen. I I did. I, I like that. I like well, that. I did. I will get a witness. I will get a witness. <laughs> that, that'll well, listen, be our first but... our, our first branded uh Drunken UX merch will be a a do less, better shirt. Oh yes.
2: Oh, but so, but like in the case of Snapchat, I don't even think it's about not doing Snapchat because I mean, yes, it is about not doing Snapchat because you still haven't mastered the other things and you shouldn't be spreading yourselves into new spaces when you, that doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, like, you're not going to be effective in a space if you're not welcome there. And if the Mm -hmm. audience that you're trying to reach, maybe they're there, but that's not the place where they're receptive to your message. You can be in front of them all you want. They're tuning you out. And in fact, you're turning them off because that's not where they want to hear from you.
1: Sometimes people go to those spaces because they don't want that kind of stuff. You know, like if if you have a bunch of um, corporate sounding voices showing up in like, I don't know, Facebook, for example, and Snapchat is kind of like virgin territory where there isn't that, then people who don't want to have that kind of stuff are going to go there
2: but i really don't think either that there's like a one there's not a one size fits all this is the combination of tools that you should use to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish i mean there's probably a campus out there or a company out there that could have really great success on snapchat but they have mm-hmm. to be really in tune with their community and really understand the ways in which that they can interact in that space that will be productive before they jump in there
0: and the important phrase on on this especially when we're Throwing around stuff like Snapchat, which is my fault. I apologize. I brought it. I brought it in. Um, <laughs> it's it's the difference between understanding the tactical versus the strategic. Strategic isn't how do we use Snapchat. That's not strategic. That's tactical. Yeah. That is the thing you do to gain some bigger goal. And one thing I've loved when I've watched some of those strategy cards, and, and I I apologize uh, on my behalf. Uh, I guess I can only apologize on my behalf I, <laughs> I apologize on Aaron's behalf too because he has that's cool i I haven't <laughs> chimed in on a lot of those conversations I have from time to time, but um, I certainly don't as a normal course of things, but I do watch them fairly frequently um and it's you know the the best conversations come about when people talk about that bigger stance, and that's what strategy is strategy is about. Saying you know what, and web strategy you said early on, Elena, that the web is huge, the web is all the things you know <laughs> and, and when you talk about that strategy it's it's not about how do we use the one thing, it's about how do we get better how How do we be bigger or more profitable or more effective that strategy and, and then also you being able to articulate.
2: Pieces which one of those things or which several of those things is where you're trying to go and then mapping out the best way to get there. So if it's that you want to use the web to better serve a specific population with nonprofit community, or if it's you want to increase enrollment or sell more, I don't know, chat bots for the DMV, you got (laughs) to know where you're going and then build your plan accordingly. And one of the things I'm really hoping to try to encourage with whatever strategy car becomes is, figure out where your work intersects with other people's work, even in ways that you've never thought of before to be more effective and be more creative in your solutions.
1: So speaking of that, do you, uh, I I know the strategy car is still pretty new, but are you um, tapping into communities outside of higher ed since you're no longer in higher ed yourself?
2: Yeah, actually I haven't done any um, higher ed specific stuff yet. So, well, I just, just pushed out episode three. So it's just a little baby podcast. Thank you.
1: Poddling um, podling cast. That's the
2: cutest thing.
0: <laughs>
1: will
2: you I know you that can, Erin? Aaron, Aaron, will you draw me a podling?
0: Totally. I will draw okay. you a podling. No no no. That is our second piece of merch. <laughs> <You do less laughs> better. We're gonna have a little podling. squishy podling that people can buy. I, I need Elena, it, I it to be 3D printed and them. I
2: need to like set it on my desk. Oh yay. <laughs> I'll like, draw I'll you draw one on just, you. just
1: for you. I'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um,
2: Okay, so in the first episode it was really like me trying to figure out how to use equipment. I kind of did it. I'm still so <laughs> right working on that. that. <laughs> um then I talked with um Ben Callahan from Sparkwacks in Ohio. He's done some speak he's done look them up. He's or listen to the episode, if you will. But he's <laughs> brilliant and smart and inspirational and great. And episode three, I talked with Laura Kalbag, who wrote the book Accessibility for Everyone, um, which was from a book apart and she does a lot of amazing work she advocates for accessibility but she's also got this awesome project where they're um, working on a thing called the IndyNet which she can explain much better than I can so I would encourage you to check her out too but she's really all about like social justice in a digital age and how we respect humans and how we best serve
0: people awesome well with that stick with us we'll be back with the break with the break after the break <laughs> now i am definitely three wow thank you yeah hey you knew what you signed up for when you agreed to come <laughs> on this show
1: I? I mean the show is literally called drunken ux so
0: <laughs> we,
2: mean, i'm working on it I'm working on it <laughs> we,
0: we are the drunken experience when we come back we will still have elena with us don't worry she will be back we'll be talking more about common strategy challenges and, and the different types of uh, of strategy that are out there and some resources you can look at stick with us we'll be right back in about 30 seconds with fresh drinks and fresh ideas the drunken ux podcast is brought to you by our friends at newcloud are you trying to build a case around an interactive map for your school city or business New Cloud's interactive map platform gives you the power to make and edit a custom interactive map in just minutes their team of professional cartographers specialize in map illustrations and are ready to design a rendering to fit your exact needs. One map serves all your users' devices, with responsive maps that scale and blend in seamlessly with your website. Visit them online to request a demo at nucloudcom slash That's newcloud.com slash drunken UX. Thanks for sticking with us, everybody. I hope you didn't duck out too early because we are still going. We got some good stuff coming up, talking about common strategy challenges. Um, I still have Elena Wines on the other side of the mic from the Strategy Car Podcast. On the other mic next to her is, well, next to, uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys, we're doing this over a hangout, so next to just means in the box, you know, in the corner of my screen. But I have uh, my good friend and and your favorite co-host, or I think we determined you're not you're not a co-host. You're like the other host. The other host, yeah. which is technically a co-host, I guess. But
2: but, but wait, <laughs> does he get to use the Twitter account yet?
0: Yeah, I can totally use his Twitter account.
2: Okay.
1: Twitter account. I need
0: to give you the login for it. But oh, now God. I yeah, think. Yeah, uh,
2: like to resolve. I'm sorry. Now I'm just starting
0: problems. Continue. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's... no, no, you're fine. Twitter actually supports teams now, so you can <laughs> grant people access to use accounts. Um, at least that's what TweetDeck is telling me. When I when I use TweetDeck, it's got a, a thing that talks about what teams you're allowed to access. So I haven't tried it yet, but uh, Aaron is going to be my guinea pig on oh, this figuring be it awesome. out. So I'm stoked. We've had this conversation already about Get being ready able for to uh, answer our own jokes.
1: Get ready for memes.
0: <laughs> so I realized something while uh, I was out over the break getting this glass refilled. Um, this angry orchard i'm drinking is bottled at six and a half percent wow which <laughs> is not nothing that's substantial um uh, given how many bottles i'm going through so far um hanging in there guys i'm hanging in there uh so we've got elena i don't want to waste her time or yours at this point i would i do want to talk so If you work at an organization, so we've talked about higher ed, obviously, from a lot uh, of of our uh, viewpoints, but we all certainly work outside of that now. I work at a company that employs like 700 people. My web team is uh, like six-ish people, seven people strong. Um, Aaron, you work for a a contractor now. Elena is at a municipality, or rather a a visitor's uh, bureau-y kind of thing.
2: I'm going to put that on my business
0: card. That was beautiful. Well, you've already quoted me once, so you might as well do it twice. (laughs) But I do think it's important because it's one thing to go to your peers, so to speak, your friends or, or folks that are doing what you're doing and asking for advice. But let's talk about the organizations because it's one thing to learn a thing. It's another thing to take it back to your people and say, hey, we need to have a talk about the strategy we're using. And so I want to start this half of the show talking a little bit about where where do folks start that conversation? Where do we take that so that we can, you know, that the the old classic phrase that I didn't coin, which is work smarter not harder.
2: <laughs> um okay, so for me those conversations, especially now that I'm in, I'm in a nonprofit, but it's the very corporate feeling nonprofit. A lot of the people who started this organization came from hardcore corporate backgrounds. So I've had the most luck and it, it works out because this is how my brain typically works, but making case for change and making case for looking at new things based on how well I can connect it to the organization's strategic plan. So I guess the most concrete example would be when I got to this organization and we were in dire need of a new website I really just like broke it down bit by bit and lined up the goals and the objectives that were outlined in the strategic plan, and made a case for how we would be better able to support those in measurable ways if we structured the website in a way that actually provided calls to action and structure and all of those things that would give them the conversions that would impact those things and I get you know results will vary based on your context and and who you work for, but it was. I do presentations on this once in a while. And I say that leaving higher ed, which will always have a special place in my heart and coming into this organization where I spent, you're know, you making a case for a new website in higher ed, you've got committees and committees and more committees and more meetings and you've got to make a case for five years, at least on my campus you did because it was really complicated and you had a lot of stakeholders. Those conversations weren't for nothing. But I went into this meeting with this, I wrote a nine page recommendation report and I did a 15 minute presentation and I had four people look at me and go, okay, I redesigned the website and the meeting was over. <gasps>
1: <laughs> just take
0: the ring to Mordor. Oh my- go for okay. it. Yeah. Okay.
2: Bye. Let us know how it goes. See us. That's,
0: that's called high stakes, low challenge. <laughs> oh man.
2: Um, but- I,
0: I think you, you hit the nail on the head though, talking about, because as we're going to talk about here in a few, you know, web strategy actually breaks down into a lot of different facets but web strategy is also a bigger part of your organizational strategy. So the key 100%, is...
2: 100%. Like your back. web strategy, your social strategy, like your day-to-day, every kind of thing you do strategy has to be working toward whatever it is that your organization or your mission or whatever it is is trying to accomplish. Or it's, it's
0: for what? If I can go out and as a web person bring to you something to the table that says, I can give you a strategy that will increase your reach by 14 million people. That's pointless if it doesn't tie back to the broader strategic goals of the organization, whether that's sales or enrollment or whatever your mission is as as a place. That reach alone has no value. you got to have conversions.
2: When you can't make the case for conversions, sometimes you make the case that right now we're in our own way. So maybe right now we we do this thing with the website, we do this thing with our strategy, and I can't promise you you're going to have 100% conversion overnight, but I'll promise you that we'll stop being the reason we don't get conversions.
1: Mm. Can you can you talk more about that? That's I hadn't thought about that before.
2: So, and this is one of the things that's kind of come up in my mind with the most recent strategy car hashtag chats on Twitter, but also some of the conversations in the podcast. When I ask people like how we make the web better. And a lot of it seems to come down getting away and they either want to do or need to do. And when we on, you know, our side of the computer screens inject too much of what we want or want to see or feel like we need to reflect without consideration for those things, we're in their way, but we're in our way too. So, you know, one example I can give you is when you structure a website that is basically built to reflect your organization chart. Because it's really important to you (laughs) you know it hurts it hurts but it happens and and so often it comes from a place of i need people on the other side to understand who we are and how we work
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but when you spend all of your time explaining to the people on the other side of the screen who you are and how you work and what you do you've wasted your time with them making mm. them understand what you even are. And now you've lost them before you even get into trying to get them to do the thing they want to do or you want them to do. You've lost it. You're in their way. Nobody gets what they want. And the web is sad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the the web a- has its own feelings on these things. <laughs> it's a I very think natural, it does.
1: It's a very natural mapping to, to reflect your own organizational structure with your website structure. And I, I understand why a business might, go down that path however incorrect it may be but um it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of doesn't take a lot of thinking to do it the right way and make the web less unhappy
2: well and not even just okay so you're making the web happy and you're rethinking setting things up based on your org chart i also think relying too much on that if you find that your website is spending so much time explaining to people how you're set up and what you do it's it's likely a symptom of the fact that you've got some work to do with your audiences for them to understand your work or your mission or how they can use you if you're still explaining that something's not set up right Mm -hmm. um If if you're trying to cram five calls to action and five audiences into one website, and you find that you've got to spend all of your homepage real estate, even justifying the fact that all of these things are crammed into one thing, you're Mm. working too hard. Maybe you need to rethink that.
1: Hmm.
0: And I think one of the messages I I like to give to people is, you know, strategy, when you talk strategy and, and the question of, you know, where do you start it at your organization? You start it with your team. And if your team is you, that's okay. Have that discussion with yourself, sit down and figure out what you think is important and move it outward kind of from there concentrically um you know Elena as, as you pointed out, you know sometimes you take that big picture and you end up presenting to people that are just like, "We trust you, Just do the thing <laughs> and you know that's okay, but of course, there is value in knowing that they understand what you're saying, I think and and figuring out how to get them to care because i think like the problem that you posed, you know that's a a caring issue um as much as it is a trust issue i guess
2: well there's a danger too in resting too much on they trust me so i'll do this if you don't do enough of that groundwork up front to explain to them why you're doing the things that you're doing you might be held later to standards for measurement that don't have anything to do with what you were trying to accomplish Mm. right so, if you get the approval to go ahead and restructure the whole thing, rebuild the whole thing, but they don't understand what it's supposed to do, they may come back a year later with this new website, this new tool, whatever it is, and go what it likes
0: it It's very if you much
2: don't do that groundwork ahead of time to explain to them that's not what you're trying to do. you're going you're gonna be in trouble later.
0: This is why I like the argument of saying, you know, understand it locally, you know, very small first, and then move outward because it kind of allows you for most folks maybe i don't know i need to have a better picture i guess of of or, how people work in organizations but you know if you're at a super small place where you answer to one person and that one person is the owner obviously your strategic thinking is very different even if you're at a large organization and i'll use the university metaphor you know you're one or two people maybe three people working for a huge place that has several layers of bureaucracy and, and management if you slowly grow that conversation locally through those layers, you hopefully will pick up those cues and understand what people care about. And you won't end up at the end of that discussion, realizing that people care about things that you were simply, you know, completely unprepared for. It can always happen. That That's always a risk that, you know, you just have to deal with. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges as well, when you are somebody trying to drive that conversation that when you try to do it all on your own, it makes it very easy to miss those things. But if you take a resource, whether that's strategy car, whether that's even something like stack overflow or one of those resources where you can get a bigger conversation so that you can kind of prepare yourself as much as prepare the people you're going to talk to so that you know how to anticipate. Um, but try don't to... just
2: listen to those folks listen to the people in your organization who never touch the web yeah really just... easy to fall into that that place where like the web is mine I know what's best I've been there you, you get very territorial you don't want other people to touch it and ruin it because they don't understand it <laughs> and
1: it but in, in your defense it
2: can be a, oh they, uh, they do sometimes they yeah. ruin it but sometimes <laughs> If you are open and you listen to the people who have been doing it wrong for God knows how long, you may learn something about why they were doing it that way or what mm, they're trying yeah. to accomplish that you wouldn't have thought of. And then what you end up building is better. Yeah. And then they receive it better because they see themselves in it and it actually gives them what they need and it's not just a better website. It actually helps them accomplish their goals better.
0: Strategy is a very anticipation-oriented activity and actually And measure-
1: and measurement based, you, you got to have the, the tail end where you, you know, you, you have these. You can have all these great ideas about what you think may or may not work, but if you're not measuring the outcomes and determining whether or not they are effective, it's kind of like just a crapshoot. You got to have the metrics.
2: Yeah, you do. But I also think that it's OK to say we're not exactly sure. I, I, I think it's OK. To- Not to say, I'm going to get you 14,000 visitors, but instead say, I aim to get more visitors. I'm going to try and do it this way. We're going to evaluate. And it's sometimes a really big challenge to get people above you to not focus so much on, well, how many people?
1: How many people?
2: Are there more people?
1: I'll clarify and say that it's not, um, you can say, define what your goal is. And maybe it's to increase visitors or increase engagement or something and then to, and then declare like I'm going to measure our you know our KPI or key performance indicator is going to be this thing it's going to be you know the number of likes we have or whatever and then the the criterion for success would just be is it bigger after we did this and by how much and then if you do a different campaign you can compare the two and see well this one was more effective than this one
2: right Right. And sometimes when the numbers are low, that's, I mean, it's not good when your numbers are low, but Mm. one of the the beautiful things about building things on the web is that you have the ability to adjust like in real
0: time. It's
2: never permanent. Try a thing, see how it goes, learn more about your audience, learn more about what you're trying to accomplish and then adjust accordingly.
0: And if it sounds to our listeners, like the answer we're providing is all the things (laughs) I I think that's, Specifically because everywhere is different. I mean, (laughs) there is no answer that any, whether myself or Aaron Aaron or Elena can give you that is the answer. Um, It's about listening to these ideas and figuring out where they fit your particular strategic plan. Um, Well, and I would say
2: it's not that there's a set of answers, but I think you could agree that there's a set of questions. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, yes.
2: And, and, you know, we could wordsmith those forever. But I think if you start any new project with, what am I trying to accomplish? Who am I talking to? What do I want those people to do? And how do I get them there? That's a good framework for building out the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to take that even into further steps and think about the other activities that go into the support for whatever it is that you're creating, whether it's your Um, your staff set up for your communications team or your communications plan or how the web team is structured, how homepage content gets prioritized on the website, you can start using those kinds of questions to filter out what activities you should be spending time on and what content you should be pushing. Does it get me toward my goal? Is it talking to the right people? Is it communicating to them what I want them to do? And is it helping them get there?
0: Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to break this down to we've we've talked a lot about strategy in a very amorphous, you know, kind of sense here. And if you look at and I, I mentioned I was going to have some some stats for uh, for our listeners. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting when I was kind of looking into this ahead of time, um, if you look at like web trends uh, on Google side, searches on web strategy have been steadily decreasing over the last 14 years. They they've dropped from super popular before 2004 to you know the 17-18% range in 2018. Conversely, we've seen big increases in searches for content strategy, for digital strategy, and for these more specific components that together kind of all blend together to define what web strategy is. And it it's very I think If we broke this down based on titles as well, we'd see something similar, right? Whether you were a webmaster in 2004 versus you are a UX designer in 2018, it's a similar shape, uh, you know, the similar curve that we see as our field diversifies and better organizes itself when I think about that, you know, we think about content strategy, we think about marketing strategy, we think about digital strategy, technology strategy, you know, what tools do you use? How do you spend money on them? How do you make stuff to work with them? Um, you know, with content strategy in particular, I think it's important to look at folks like um, the work, Jenny, Hal- or Jenny Halverson, <laughs> Jenny Reddish's book, uh, all All the Words, um, Help me out. Save me. Somebody. Letting go of the words. There we go. Got it.
2: I need to know which book you're talking about.
0: I, I know it. Letting go of the words. I'm there. Uh, that book is, what is it? It's 12 years old now? Something like that? It, it's an older book. It came out very early in, in these conversations with web strategy. That is still, to this day, a super important piece of literature in terms of shaping how we think about web strategy in our field. Because well, think
2: about what a book like that gives you. It gives you a vocabulary and a way to articulate what you're working on, what you need.
0: I said earlier that, uh, you know, strategy is about the hows and the whys or the hows and the what's rather. Um, not the house. I'm sorry. The whys and the what's. There we go. I'm getting there. Uh, stick with me, people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear I can, I can, I can hold this together. Uh, and, when you are looking at that, the, the hows, the pieces of that, the Snapchats of those equations can change throughout time while the way you think about them and the way you process them and work them into your strategy don't have to. And I think that's a huge credit to folks, like whether it's uh, Jenny Reddish's book or Christina Halverson's uh, 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 constant strategy for the web, those have remained highly relevant throughout the years because of that approach and that way of thinking about it. Yeah. So Jenny Reddish's book came out in 2007. So we're talking 11 years Mm -hmm. ago. I, in fact, I'd just taken the job that I have now. I just left higher ed and content strategy was very, was just kind of becoming a thing at that point.
1: That was around when MySpace was still a thing, right? Uh, 2007,
0: we covered this last episode. I forgot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm going to pretend wanna... I'm too young to remember any of that.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like they sold around 2006, but I could be wrong. Oh, um, oh yeah, you might be right. And I don't mm. commit that kind of stuff to memory. Um, yeah. Our listeners might be sad to know that I don't commit book published dates to memory either. And for clever <laughs> editing techniques, I can hide all of that. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, it's been 45 minutes. It's the worst. <laughs> that's the last. All right, all right. Shh. <laughs> so, th- I think that's Im- important to think about. And when you are the person or part of a very small team, you know, strategy can break down almost as far as you want. You know, if you want to have a very specific technology strategy, go go do it. What you build stuff on can matter a great deal to the success of your company, depending on what your company's goals are. And you may very well need a strategy that determines things like, are you using AWS versus DigitalOcean? Um, and why, the, the why is very important in that because the, the tactical is deciding AWS or DigitalOcean. Mm-hmm. The why you use those cloud infrastructures is very strategic. Um, so those are important things to think about. And the web stuff breaks down so much. What's your you know, social media strategy is really a subset of marketing strategy. There's no vernacular here that is necessarily right or wrong because they all kind of filter upward depending on how many people you work with and how big your organization is so that you've got the people that focus on those individual areas. Um, That's what makes strategy hard too. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, strategy is an easy conversation to have and feel good about. But when you really get down to that sort of brass tacks kind of idea, it can be very difficult because you're afraid you're gonna make mistakes if you don't have all these boxes checked. And I don't think you need to, it's it's an idea, it's a concept and it's about understanding, you know, the whys and, and the what you're after uh, when you put yeah, that. why I think it's there. really
2: important to have that toolkit of the right questions. Um. Strategy is huge and it can be hard, but if you boil it down and you focus on making sure that you're answering the right questions and being smart about what you do, it doesn't have to feel so big and overwhelming.
0: When we think about the resources uh, and what you look for when you need to answer strategy questions, um, I'm very lucky to work for, for a company that we have like company principles, and hmm. so, a lot of our strategy questions can be answered by saying, "How does this serve one of those principles?" Hmm. Um, so that's interesting
2: be- that you just said that because I'm going to like interject to get into semantics for just a little oh. bit. You were saying that,
0: believe it or not, that's why we have you here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's great news because here I come. No, you were talking a little bit about like that the the why might change and that the. Um who might change I, the, the questions that you were saying might change, but that, <laughs> what were you saying? Which, Start which, me over. Which you W's were saying, did I use? <laughs> ultimately, where <laughs> you ended up change. was that the how might change. I actually would say that the what, what tactics, what tools, what what things you do to accomplish your goal might change, but that thing you just said about the how, those are the principles that you can apply to your work over time. Mm the way that you decide to conduct yourself and conduct your work and to build your products, that how is strategy as the who and the why, because those are the things that you can inject there that make it so that you don't compromise on standards and being strategic because you know, that baked into your how is that we're going to build products or we're going to build out communication plans, or we're going to build out teams that, help work toward business goals or help work to accomplish this mission. Um, we are not going to skimp on things like an accessibility and we're not going to forget about our end user. Those are the how, those are the pieces of the how that you add to your strategy to make it mean something.
0: Hmm. I'm I'm really proud of our team and the work we've done just to even in the past year, thinking about things like accessibility and and that that is a tactical decision we have made in our field because we work with people who build websites and who build digital products. And so going back to like the guiding principles of our company, that was a tactical move to emphasize some of our accessibility components that fed into the broader strategic plan of how we serve people and how that makes us more valuable as a company to the people we work with. Um, and I, I wish I could give you that in a way, and I, and I say, when I say you, I I'm talking to the listeners that I wish I could give you that in a way that you could take it and just translate it. But I can't because you aren't us and your strategy isn't necessarily going to mate with what we have. But that's how we think about it. That's what strategy means to us as we have gotten smarter. And we spent two episodes where this is going to air as episode number 10. And so 20% of our time has been spent to this point talking about learning and getting into the industry and figuring out, you know, your role in that space. And for me, one of I think the big things about uh thinking about web strategy is you will be smarter in 10 years than you are today. Hopefully hopefully. I hope you if
2: you're, if you're asking questions and you're listening to yeah. the answers, then yeah, you'll be smarter.
0: You you will grow and you will get better and strategy is the best thing in the world to grow with you. Mm. If you work at a small, you know, you may do, you know, little boutique stuff for mom and pop shops down your main street and that's fantastic. And they may be the only folks you answer to as a web developer and that's fine. That That is a perfectly good way to make a living. And I absolutely applaud that approach. You will do that better. You will ask smarter questions and you will plan strategy for those organizations in a way that makes way more sense than it does to you right now. Um, and that's all right. Strategy is supposed to evolve. It is supposed to change and adapt and get better as you get more information and as you get better resources. And that's what I really want to, I think, drive home in this is, listen, Strategy Car is a great resource to get feedback from a lot of people on questions you have, but it's not the only resource out there. There are books, there are blogs, there are other podcasts. They're all great resources, and it's about just listening sometimes and, and watching. We talked
1: about this in the e-commerce and the I think also the restaurants episodes um, where it, it all comes down to you know trying things and measuring them which is something i know we just mentioned earlier but um i think that that's a very like common thing in the web because the web applies to so many different audiences and everything and like we've said in this episode you know, there is no one size fits all for well, for most things
0: what are the risks though cuz the the converse side of this is saying you don't care and there are plenty of folks who do web development that are going to say you know what if they want a spinning envelope if they want you know a marquee on their home page and they're gonna pay me to do it fuck it i don't care i'm gonna do it what are the risks though of not thinking about strategy when you're doing web development i have a i have a tandem question for that
1: um elena in your expert opinion as a strategy car expert would you there's say a, wait 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 what, what
2: there's such a thing as a strategy car expert there is now uh, does that mean that there's like people out there that know like a little bit about strategy car but they just don't know quite as much as i do
0: yes i and i, I hope it. so okay. because i'm using the name right in the title of this episode awesome okay <laughs> i'm
2: sorry so would you. You... i'm ready to receive your question as the strategy car expert
1: <laughs> so as a strategy car expert would you say that the opposite of web strategy is trying a bunch of random shit by throwing stuff at a wall or throwing money at the problem and then just not caring about what the result is
2: oh okay so (laughs) bear with me to to say that there's an opposite of web strategy assumes that there's only like one thing that is web strategy
1: yes well for me yes and no for
2: me like (laughs) okay like if, there's one zero but there's loosely, many non-zero numbers let's let's loosely define web strategy as like okay. being strategic about the way that you i don't know use the web to accomplish something is that mm. sure is that a, let's let's make that our agreed upon definition okay. um i don't think that you can say that the opposite of that is throwing a bunch of stuff together or like putting your hamster dance on your website or whatever um, because a strategy really has to be tailored to whatever a person's trying to accomplish. And if somebody is just really a t- trying to accomplish, like annoying the hell out of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I, I'm going back to the, the thing I mentioned earlier about the, the shiny, shiny stuff where, um, if, if leadership says like, oh, Snapchat's popular, let's do Snapchat or, Hey, uh, let's put frames on the website or let's do background music or or whatever um and, and they're not thinking about it in terms of you know what the users may actually want or if they're not thinking about any kind of measurable means to, to determine whether or not it's effective if they're just like i like this let's try it and then, the those that's
2: are it. the things that are the opposite of strategy
1: okay yeah that's okay those you know, are the
2: things that so don't, don't do that don't <laughs> don't not take the time to ask the questions don't yeah. start with the answer before the question don't I mean it's the whole thing we've been hearing about like goals before tools don't just pick a thing right and do it without thinking it through um somebody at work said today I overheard him saying well Elena taught me you should ask who it's for and whether or not this gets them to do the thing that you want them to do and I wanted to cry like <laughs> everybody should ask those questions like just slow <laughs> your roll for like a minute <laughs> The world isn't going to stop turning if you don't have your Snapchat running by tomorrow. So just take a couple extra days and think about it.
0: It's about super it. easy to fall backwards into some of those traps, too. Um, we talk about, and and this, I'm not going to go deep into this because this could be its own episode, frankly. That
2: I'll come yeah. back, is cool. It,
0: <laughs> yes. Awesome. If, if we talk about, you know, understanding, you know, the results and how things happen and... and is this doing what you want and specifically saying, you know, like you said, you know, don't pick your tools before your goals. It's easy when you look at your analytics, for instance, to shape them, so to speak, you know, to to make the numbers say what you want them to say mm. without lying. You're not lying. You're not necessarily even misrepresenting <laughs> them, but it's possible to present this because the lens through which we view strategy is analytics Um, and added to our scratch pad of topics for future episodes, analytics will come up. I promise you noted it's, it is so easy to make analytics say what you want without any dishonesty. Um, And it's very important to go into those as yourself, honestly, and say, does this data really say what, It's supposed to, you know, or am I just making it say that? Am I only picking the data points or am I even thinking about the data points that could disprove the effectiveness of what we're trying to, you know, build or create or push or market or whatever?
2: Well, the more closely you align your tactics to whatever your ultimate goals are, the less room there is for that kind of wiggle. I guess I'm just saying, like, let's say your ultimate goal is to sell X number of whatevers. Merch. Merch. We're gonna Um, sell our merch. Podlings. You want to sell (laughs) ten podlings. And if that's your goal and you've built something to do that, you can do whatever you want with the data and say this many people came to our site, and that means that they're whatever. But did you sell the things? Are the potlings still sitting there or did you sell them? Like
1: It's the interpretation of the data that's where it gets that's where the lying or either lying or ignorance i think it can be either one you can do it innocently yeah by the way i speaking of merch i thought of our third piece of merch uh-oh goals before tools <laughs>
2: so in the and i don't know where it started but in the same way that i footnote phenin when i say do less better i footnote tim nekratz when i say goal before tools oh i don't know if he was the first person that said it but he's the first person i heard say it so
1: excellent well we'll have to follow
0: up with him We could have him on the our Our list of uh guests that can be on this show is unending at this point, <laughs>
2: so basically, like in the show notes, you can just make a list of everybody I've mentioned, and you'll have like seventeen thousand people and you've got the rest of your show forever and infinity right. i
0: can <laughs> I can solve this real easily. We'll just go to high ed web in October.
2: I will see you there, yeah. I bet. <laughs> Maybe they'll be I, finally the time that I try sushi for the first time.
0: I was flashing to uh to my uh my co-host and guest this evening, my new mobile recording gear. So it is so cool that our audience will be hearing uh, from us from a couple events coming up, to say the least. So I've gotten approval of such. Amazing. Well,
2: I'm on the edge uh, of my seat.
0: So strategy. Yeah, we solved it. Awesome. That's
1: one. That's done. In the Good bag. episode,
0: folks. Yep. We're done. No, so I mean when we when when we think about strategy, we'll bring it home by saying there isn't an answer. there isn't one resource. it's about listening, it's about taking part. it's about using your resources. Go out and find books. you know if you go look up letting go of the words and read it, fantastic. that'll help you when you think about content strategy. If you take part in a strategy card discussion, um go look up the hashtag uh elena, help us out. When do you do strategy card discussions?
2: Um. Well, we're the half hazard are, at the moment.
0: Okay. It feels like God. Whenever they feel like it. But so. if you
2: would, whenever I feel like it. But also, if you are a person who's interested in keeping up, um, you can go to strategycard.com and sign up for the newsletter.
1: There. And we I promise.
2: I promise you don't get spammed. You get like, hey, there's a, there's a chat coming up or like, oh, I, a podcast episode came out. That's pretty much it so far.
0: No, none of us make enough money to buy spam mail lists or anything. So Oh, no. <laughs> I
2: already told you. I have no sponsors. I'm just like plugging away.
0: Tell the fine folks what you've got going on and where they can find you and give them all the things right here, right now. Everything. All the things. All the well, that's things. That's
2: a lot of pressure. Okay. so <laughs> Don't forget
0: anything.
1: Well,
2: if you go to strategycar.com, you'll find a little bit about the history of Strategy Car, where it started, lots of car puns. Um, you'll find a link to a Facebook group where you can talk to other people who have questions and hopefully help me get that conversation moving. I'm trying to kind of get that momentum going. There's some good stuff there, though. Um, you'll find a link to sign up for that newsletter. You'll find the podcast episodes. I'm working on fully transcribing all of them. Because if we're trying to make the web better, we need to make it accessible for everyone.
1: I Um,
0: understand very fully. Yeah, we're working on that. (laughs) Oh, I'm
1: very sorry to our listeners for getting behind. So, (laughs) uh,
0: the Strategy Car Podcast once a month, correct? That's the plan. That's the goal. Ish, Ish, yeah. The
2: last two episodes came out about three weeks apart.
0: And they can find you guys, I assume, uh, on Google Play, iTunes, or Yacht. All the places. Yep, the iTunes,
2: Google Play, Radio Public, my website. Also, if you look for Strategy Car on Twitter, you're not going to find me. You're going to find an account with zero followers that may have been me once upon a time, but I don't know the <laughs> password. And I can't get Twitter to give it to me. So oh um, no! if you're interested in keeping up on Twitter with Strategy Car chats and the like, you can just follow me on Twitter at Alina Wines.
0: And that hashtag is just hashtag? strategy car or what what is it uh pound strategy car (laughs) Octothorpe for us older folks yeah once in
2: a while Uh, you get a um a hashtag beep beep
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's
1: a a link in the doobly doo for the all the things
0: you get that little red car emoji (laughs) oh really thanks Mm -hmm. for joining us this evening we appreciate having you on, taking the time to join us and, and bring your rosé with us as we have gone through our our uh, ciders and our whatever Aaron Absolutely. was drinking. Cape you know, Cod. Cape this Cod. Was
2: really, this was really fun. And you know what? If you guys ever want to do like a Michigan winery tour, I've got a guest room. I'm sure you guys are good enough friends that you could like crash and in a guest room and then we'll go, do, we'll go do some tours up north. I
0: like it. All and right. then we will extend that offer to anybody listening in the audience. So just...
2: Just let you me know, know what? You know what? I work for the <laughs> Visitors Bureau, and you go ahead. You let me know. I'll get you to Flint. I'll show you
0: around. Oh. <laughs> See, that's called turning my uh, my stuff on my head. So, okay. <laughs> fair enough. I have been bested. I think it is time to wrap it up, folks. We appreciate you coming in and listening to the Drunken UX Podcast. This has been Little Red Strategy Car, as we have talked about all the things strategy, not really all the things, but a few of the things. We will have links in the show notes to several things uh, talking about whether that's the uh, government chat bots as a service uh, entity, um, as well as several uh, strategy links, books and searches and links to strategy car and all of those things. So stop by. If you have any resources that you love and enjoy and, and take part in that helps you get better at web strategy, stop by the website, check out the show notes and leave a comment so that we can help the rest of the folks and let them know about those resources. Um all of this is about learning, so what you know helps what other people know. I think <laughs>
2: maybe. Can't hurt.
0: The Drunken UX podcast is brought to you by our friends at Newcloud. Newcloud is an industry leading interactive map provider who has been building location based solutions for organizations for a decade. Are you trying to find a simple solution to provide your users with an interactive map of your school, city, or business? Well, NewCloud's interactive map platform gives you the power to make and edit a custom interactive map in just minutes. They have a team of professional cartographers who specialize in map illustrations of many different styles and are ready to design an artistic rendering to fit your exact needs. One map serves all of your users' devices with responsive maps that are designed to scale and blend in seamlessly with your existing website. To request a demonstration or to view their portfolio, visit them online at nucloud.com slash drunkenUX. That's inucloud.com slash drunkenux.
1: thanks for listening to us tonight uh be sure to connect with us on the internet social media websites such as the twitter and facebook.com slash drunken ux or you can come chat with us on slack at drunken slash slack for the sign
0: up info yeah go there and make fun of us or tell us that you know we suck that's always a fun conversation uh (laughs) 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 we've got some great stuff coming up for you we've got uh, another guest lined up here in a couple weeks that's going to be actually I guess it's a month based on our schedule Um, stay tuned we'll be letting some information out on that that'll be uh, a great show plus what's coming for it also real time overview every Wednesday bringing you web news from all over the guess what web Uh, whatever you want and if you have any suggestions drop by the website drunkenux.com let us know we've got a contact form there you can send us articles news whatever if you think it's useful helpful whatever let us know um elena thanks yeah You're I welcome a- thanks so much a- for having me i appreciate that you've come on uh i missed you i haven't seen you in a long time so
2: oh my gosh so if we do this high ed web thing in october are you gonna take me for sushi i've still never had sushi oh
0: I, uh i think i will have to organize that i think we're still hashing out the details of what is uh, definitely coming up for us, but I I think the odds are good, so we'll see.
1: So just so you know, Elena, the customary thing is the wasabi that they give you.
2: Wait, that's spicy, right?
1: No, no, no. The the ginger's spicy. The wasabi is a palate cleanser. You you eat the sushi and then you take a big glob of wasabi and then you eat it raw. Okay, okay. but
2: like, is this like those wasabi peas they give me on the plane that make me sad? I'm
0: kidding. I'm sorry. Don't don't do that. That would be a very bad. Idea. <laughs> I think the only advice I can give folks from this point out. And Natalie, you
2: never give me a reason not to trust you. I'm gonna do everything you say.
0: <laughs> please, yeah. please just just keep your personas close. Closer. <laughs>